Welcome back to the Mackham in the Middle podcast. Another Sunderland game last night away to Huddersfield Town, a team that were bottom of the league um, and obviously still are, I believe, after a 2-0 win for Sunderland goals from Alex Pritchard, his first of the season. Of course, Ahmad Diallo in the 96th minute as well. And as always, we'll get into everything that happened during the game, the goals, the subs, Team news and a brief look ahead to Saturday's game, which is the last home game before the World Cup. Of course, Cardiff at home on that one. First and foremost, John, it's a win. Um, first win since Wigan, I think, if I'm not mistaken. So people looked at that Luton game and thought, yeah, it was a decent point. But like Michael said after the podcast, after that game, that was only a decent point if we got the three points yesterday, which we did. Yeah, we did. I think it was yeah, a, bit, a bit of a relief. Um, like you said, I think we needed it. Um, I don't think the performances, maybe second half Burnley aside, um, have wanted maybe not winning um, a game. Um, so it's nice to to get that get that result under our belt, and it maybe relieves just to I wouldn't say pressure, but sort of you know that maybe monkey on the back of just getting just getting a win, keep ticking along because as we know we're we're sort of stumbling towards the international break where we know we can get a lot of a lot of our good squad players back. Um, and then obviously second half of the season, have a, have a really good fight at it. But yeah, re- result matters. Obviously performance, we'll, we'll probably get into a little bit more in depth. Probably we can write that one off, but we'll, we'll take the three points. Yeah, and we'll get on to performance now, in fact, Michael, because three points, which is all that matters in any game, really, at any point in the season. But being in all honesty, the performance was... Not great meh. to be generous. Yeah, I think meh was kind of the way to describe it in some parts. I think the well, as you guys know, I'm probably trying to be one of the most glasses half full per, uh, people around. But even I admitted the first half was just dire. I mean, we had correct me if I'm wrong. I think Dennis Serkin had two good chances. He had at least one of them because we had, we created two chances and we had a chance in the um, penalty area on the left hand side, which we put at least two of them. And Serkin had it. Diaku with that one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Just shows to how I'll blame the fact we were far away the other side of the ground. Yeah. But <laughs> the but the first half in general was just poor. I mean, it was that was from both teams, not just Sunderland. Huddersfield yeah. had a little bit more spells of pressure, I suppose, but not really doing overly that much. So, um, yeah, the first half wasn't particularly great. But it's, I mean, Tony Mopey said it himself that we and like John's alluded to, we played better in games and lost them or drawn them. So yeah. it's nice for one to be the other way around. And he said himself, he knows we can play better than that. But like John said, the main thing last night was the results and it was needed. Yeah. And obviously, one thing that people always notice, John, is that Sunderland are at the best when they move the ball quickly. You know, they play the one-touch passing. Obviously, we'll get onto the first goal, but essentially that's what it came from. You know, we move the ball up the pitch quick, little one-two between the two wide players and, and we end up scoring from it. But that first half, there just seemed to be no intensity, no kind of desire to go forward with the ball, look for that through ball. Everything from both teams really was just backwards, sideways, possession with no intent whatsoever. Yeah, I think everything about the first half was horrible, you know, in, including the weather. Um, it was, it just seemed to be a very passive game. Um, I think we we like to go in to a team's like, away from home and maybe let them attack us and maybe we could pick them off. I think you certainly saw that second half, but first half, very much, you know, it was, they, they sort of played a defensive 4-5-1 when we had the ball and just let our, our centre-backs have the ball and we didn't, we didn't really have anyone 
sort of dropping in and, you know, like a, a Dan Neal sort of dropping in on the spin or, or Embleton doing it to win it with any effect and spinning in with the ball. You know, eventually we got the ball to, to Patrick Roberts and, you know, he was marked by their 15 right backs that they, they managed to put on him. So he just never got, never got anywhere in the game. And, you know, f- probably 10 minutes in the, into the second half was probably the same. Um, and, you know, to be fair, I thought Huddersfield were, were an awful team. Um, I thought if we, if we even went up one gear, I think we'd have, obviously we did, you know, sort of second half when we, when we scored the the first goal, which was sort of Reading-esque, wasn't it? Um, you know, seeing it, seeing it back today. And we, you just know if, if we can just ramp up that one or two gears, you know, we, we've got the, we've got the football ability to, you know, put, put teams to the sword. And, and I think a lot of it sort of recently, we've gone sort of one or two nil down and then we've been able to then control the game, which at the moment we want it to be the other way. Obviously we wanted Sims on, you know, plays a part in the goal and then we go one nil up. We then bring on, you know, Bar, um, Matei and Dan Neal. And then we do actually control the game. And then obviously we, we managed to control it out and then hit, hit teams, you know, on the counter, like again, like we saw. So it's, it's having that balance. Um, but that's, that's definitely what we saw yesterday. Yeah. And on that first goal, like like we said, we moved the ball quickly. It was one pass from the back um, and very similar to Red and Gold. I think it started from a goal kick. Patterson just, you know, plays it out short. And we did that in the first half a lot. But instead of looking for that pass through the midfield, it would go from Bart to right to O'Neill. Probably back to Patterson up the pitch, we'd lose it because we had no one up front to win it. And I think Bar Luke O'Neill, um, who had the most touches for Sunderland last night, it was barely right that actually had 87 touches of the ball, which is... I think it was about 15 or 20 touches more than anyone else in that Sunderland team. I think a lot of that was down to the first half. But on that goal, we moved the ball up pitch quickly. Um, you know, Pritchard involved again, kind of like that little pre-assist. Um, and obviously he got the goal. Roberts and Diallo link up well. One-touch passing movement, quick on the ball. Ball comes into Pritchard, finishes it up 1-0. And it's usually Sunderland that concede to ex-players. So it was nice to be on the... Uh, oh, scoring yes. end this time, and not just for the fans, but I imagine for Alex Pritchard as well, because you've heard it in his interviews. He knows he needs to do better. He wants to do better, and I couldn't have imagined the team that he wanted to score against most. Nor could I. Um, well, obviously for other than who's at the game, I don't know whether the because I think it was on the game was on the red button, wasn't it? So I don't, yeah. there's only one camera angle. So in that sense, it probably wouldn't have captured the best. Um, what's the one I'm looking for, the best side of the atmosphere, but inside the stadium last night, um, the, the Huddersfield fans were literally giving Pritchard stick, like, I mean, like, yeah. assistant booing every time he touched the ball, jeering whenever he fell over or had a or had a free kick given against him, whatever it was. So, yes, the fact that we, I mean, we've had this so many times where we've had, we've booed ex-players and even when we've been at home at the Stadium of Light, I've always said, don't do that because it'll just ins- it'll just entice them to go and score. And then Huddersfield fans were doing it. I was like, oh, go on then. But I'm telling you, he'll score if you keep doing it. And then, obviously, we know who had the last laugh. You probably saw yeah. after he scored, Pritchard went over to the sewer section of the stadium where it was giving him the most stick and just cupped and pointed his fingers to his ears. So, which was just... For once, it was just so satisfying for it not to be happening to us. But, yeah, it was... He, he knows himself he needs to do better. And, obviously, what and if, if this isn't going to get his confidence going, then I don't know what will. Yeah, and obviously that goal, John, was scored um, when Ella Sims had came on. Obviously, he came on for half-time for Leon Diaku. He plays so much better 
when he has a striker in front of him, you can link off him, you can play the ball to him and kind of make that running behind. And I think that is when Pritchard will be at his best, when he has got Sims after the World Cup, when he's got Stewart as well to play off. And you could sense that because of the way that, you know, the movement, the, you know, the thought of playing that forward pass to get the ball back off him. Everything was there that, in all honesty, he's probably been missing for the last few weeks with Pritchard. Yeah, I think he's he's one of the ones, obviously, who's you know suffered. Um, and I think he did allude to it in his uh, in his interview, and I've seen him say it um, uh, previously as well. You know, these some of these players are going to struggle without that that big physical presence up there. Um, and you know, you you wouldn't have said that <clears throat> Ellis Sims was was a massive goal threat yesterday, but just to drop in, hold the defender off, you know, because their defenders had sort of the freedom of of Huddersfield um, first half with, you know, the pressing was poor and and those types of things, um, and no no real sort of strong figure up there. So as soon as he comes on, he gives them something to think of. Um, ultimately holds holds the ball up fantastically, which I don't think would happen if he, you know, with, with any other player, holds that you know, ball up, zips it round. And then like you say, we, we score an absolutely fantastic goal. And those, those are the dimensions, you know, that you want in a team that we didn't have first half. And, you know, Pritchard will only flourish in that. Like Michael said, you know, the stick he was getting, that's only going to G him up. You know, we, we've seen that, you know, to a lesser extent with, you know, sort of Chris Maguire in, in Lee one when he sort of turned up and, you know, tore us to shreds, you know, after he got a bit of a reaction, um, you know, and it's it's massively needed, I think, for Pritchard. You saw just after that, he was getting stuck in, he was keeping the ball, he was sharp, and maybe just needed that little bit of a boost, you know, because a lot of people have been calling for, you know, myself included, uh, if he was dropped, you couldn't really argue, and I don't think he could either, so hopefully this is a springboard. But yeah, definitely with the strikers, you know, coming back and that physical presence, you know, that, that then enhances his game. Yeah. And obviously after that goal, Michael, we did make subs, like John alluded to a little bit earlier. Absolute Bar came on, Matete came on, Dan Neal came on. And we kind of, I suppose, proactive in the decisions that we made and the decisions yeah. that Tony Mowbray made. Whereas in previous games, has he been more pre- uh, proactive or has he been reactive? You know, some people would probably err on the second one. Um, but on this occasion, you know, we go 1-0 up. We've seen so many times that we haven't been able to manage games. Um, but, you know, the introduction of Barr, Dan Neal, like I say, Jay Matetti as well. Um, and I think Corby Evans was on the pitch while some of them were on as well. The game management was a lot better after we went 1-0 up. That's the perfect way to sum it up. Um, I mean, even though we went 1-0 up, and I think we were slightly better, more a little bit more threatening in the second half with Sims being the focal point, I still didn't feel we were really getting to grips with the game and controlling it as much as what we could have done. And I think those substitutions that you just mentioned right there, I think allowed us to try and almost do something as simple as calm the game down and slow it down because that suited us at that point. We were 1-0 up. Huddersfield had to come out and try and attack us. So it meant that we could just keep them at arm's length and keep them at bay, frustrate the crowd and really just try and get on top of it. And although I think Huddersfield probably in the second, I mean, we had a big chance before, they had a big chance right before we took the lead in fairness. But that aside, after those subs came on, I think Huddersfield were probably restricted to hopeful long-range efforts. Obviously, one or two of them went past the post, but I think that's a testament to how, on the whole, in, as the game went on, the more control we actually had of it, thanks to those substitutions from Mowbray. Yeah. And obviously, we managed the game well. I don't think Huddersfield really had any clear-cut chances in the game at all, really, never mind the second half. Um, and obviously, when you want to look with such little time left, the opposition have to go for the game. And 
Huddersfield for large parts, especially before we went one one nil up, like John alluded to. You know, they were compact, they had five in midfield, they were hard to break down. We go one nil up, Huddersfield have to come out of the shape a little bit, and they did. Um, and that's exactly where the second goal comes from, John. Um, we break, I think it's Jamie Tete, wins the ball initially, um, bit of a missed kick, but there, he's straight to win the second ball. We break forward, Diallo plays it into Sims, and again, just having that vocal point there where you know he's going to be there, you can hold the ball up, plays it back to Diallo, and it's 2 0. And one thing that I think we are certainly seeing more of now is why Man United paid so much money for him. You know, he, he, I think when he came to the club, he did lack confidence. You could tell that a little bit. He was a bit, not necessarily afraid, but I can't think of another word, so I'm going to go with it, but afraid to shoot at times. You know, I can't remember which game it was, but that one where he's in the box, he dribbled past three players, just didn't want to take a shot. Whereas now, you know, he's so good on the ball. Um, he can drop deep, pick the ball up, get us up the pitch. And if he's going to chip in with a few goals here and there, you know, when we've got Stewart back, um, obviously we've got a few other players that will score. That's already going to board well. Yeah, definitely. You know, he's he's one of those ones that, you know, massively come out of his shell. Um, obviously, you never know the background. You know, you sort of think because Man United have spent so much money on him, you just think he's sort of, you know, a polished, you know, superstar who's just confident in everything he does. And that's not, not always the case. Um, you know, he's... He seems to be really, really happy here. Obviously, we saw him dancing yesterday on the on the videos. Um, he's playing with you know other youngsters who he, you know, who, who will give him confidence as well. Um, but he's, you know, to me, when he is on form, he looks sort of, you know, a very accomplished player. He's he's very strong. He's very tenacious. You know, he's he's got a fantastic touch carrying the ball, and you know, I don't think there's any. Um, any chance of us, you know, keeping him and that and that type of thing, but it just seems to have have absolutely fit him coming here. Um, and again, you could probably look, you know, in that goal. Is, does it happen if Sims is on the pitch? I don't think it does. Sims holds the ball up, you know, sort of fantastically well again. Whereas before that, on every corner and set piece, um, you know, there, there's no one up there, and the ball literally goes back to their centre back or whoever who just lumps it back. Um, so it was nice of us to, to think, no, put someone up, take one of their players away. Um, and I think that that's where it comes from. And don't get me wrong, Diallo played fantastically, and I'm glad he scored. But um, I think a few questions might have to be asked from their goalkeeper, who just sort of, you know, must be a massive lads fan because he's he sort of just lets it in. So let go under him, didn't he? It, it just seemed to go through him. It's just, uh, you know, I, I couldn't believe it, but we'll, we'll take it all day long. And we deserved it to score, I think. Yeah. And obviously, them three points, which obviously did finish 2 0, takes Sunderland up to 12th, Michael. Obviously, two games left before the World Cup break. And, you know, we could be in a completely different position by then. Um, you know, at the minute, there's just five points separating us from the bottom three. But on the other hand, there's also just five points separating us from the top yeah. six. So <laughs> we are. By every mean of the same mid table, um, but even 12th, which is exactly mid table, couldn't probably be any more mid table. Six wins, six draws, six losses, um, just a bit of everything. The only thing that isn't six is the goal difference. So to consider the, you know, the situation we've been in again, not to go on about it too much, but the strikers, you've lost your right back, you've lost two of your centre backs, um, you know, you've had Patrick Roberts missing for a game. Where we are now, Sirkin as well, he was missing for large yep. part. You've been missing, you know, so many players that would be starting games um, for us this season. To be where we are now, um, like I say, if you win the next two games, you could be in the playoffs. It's, you know, it, it is a very good position to be in at this point. 
Well, at the minute, the league's that tight. But you're right, with all the injuries we've had, I mean, I suppose as much as I've grown tired of the striker talk, it does beg the question if we had at least one of Stuart or Sims over this last six weeks where we could have ended up being. But that's by the by now. Um, and I think, to be fair, I think, and this is where I've seen, a few, and this is something I need to get off the chest, I've seen a few people before last night's game going on about comparing Tony Mowbray to Alex Neal. If you're going to make comparisons of the two of them, then wait and see when Tony Mowbray has what Alex Neal had. Alex Neal had Ross Stewart and Ellis Sims fit almost every game, whereas Tony Mowbray managed a good majority of the games he's had without either of them. So, And even now, we're only bringing Sims off the bench at the moment, which begs questions whether he needs to start games. But yeah, at the end of the day, I think where we are now is not that bad. And I think I've said all along, just get to the World Cup on a respectable points tally, get a bit of distance from the bottom three. And then after the World Cup, when players start to come back, I think then you'll start to see much more of what we are capable of. Yeah. Well, we'll go into player ratings, and what we'll do is we'll take one player each. So, John, you can start with Anthony Patterson, who I can't remember having too much to do throughout the game. Uh, I'll probably go over seven. Um, I thought he was a lot more commanded in the area and coming out and um, rollicking his defenders as well because obviously he was quite, I say he was fairly busy. Um, his distribution and, and footwork was good, albeit one hairy moment where your heart was in your mouth. Um, and he made a fantastic save, you know, just before we got up the other end and, and scored. So that's all, that's all you can ask for. So yeah, very good performance from me. Um, on to Luke Oranai and Michael. Obviously, started right back, and I think Danny Collins gave him man of the match on the Sunderland stream. And spoiler ahead, I would also agree with that. But this is your choice. I would say a good solid seven as well. I think in the first half, he was easily our best player. And I know that's not saying much, but I think honestly, the amount of last ditch challenges he put in to block crosses and stop crosses yeah. when Huddersfield were getting joy down their left hand side, um, <clears throat> I think was much more important than a lot of people will realise. And that in turn, preserved the clean sheet at half-time. There's my favourite words again. Um, and then second half, just slotted in it right back again very nicely. And I think it was just very solid defensively, got forward when he could, just a very good all-round, respectable performance. And I'm oh, actually, no, I'm going to bump him up to an eight just because of that knee set, that sliding celebration when we yeah. scored. Yeah, it's just worth it for a lot alone. Isn't it? It's great, honestly. I, I didn't even see that until after the game, and I was like, how yeah. on earth have I not seen this? Yeah. It's just great. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Yeah, typical Luke on nine, I think it's fair to oh, say. Oh, without doubt. Without doubt. Really right, John. Um, I'd probably go over seven. I thought he, I thought he bowed fairly well, dealt with their, their strikers fairly well. Um, yeah, I thought it was quite a, a run of the mill. Like you said, he had a lot of touches. Um, and he was actually one of the ones main in the second half, sort of trying to get the get the ball forward, you know, sort of instead of just sitting off ten yards, um, and just sort of, you know, left, right, right, left. Um, he was actually taking the ball to to sort of find the gap. So yeah, I was quite impressed. Uh, seven. Um, alongside him, Michael, Danny Bart, obviously it was his pass that kind of started that move for the first goal. And I think something that you would like to see a bit more of when we do have the ball between our two centre-halves, yeah. is just looking to get the ball up the pitch on the floor, get the ball moving and, and get this up the pitch quickly. He did that in the first goal, and like I said, that's how we score. So, Danny Bart, for you? Good, solid seven. I think just, again, proves, as I said, I think I said this for Luton podcast as well, typical Danny Bart-esque performance, where that's what we come to expect from him. Defensively, very solid for the most part, and started the move that led to the first goal, which is just exquisite. I will quickly say that 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 made the long train nightmare of a train journey down worth it. So thank you, Danny. Much appreciated. And on the way home, I imagine. 
Well, we got a lift back on the way home, thankfully, because the return train got cancelled. So, yeah. um, but we were very lucky. So grateful for that. But yeah, Danny Bart. As to a Danny Bart, good solid seven. Yeah. Um. Then a second under you, John. Uh, I'll probably be quite harsh here. I'll probably go for five. Um, he didn't. He didn't impress me. Uh, that much. He didn't really. Um, get forward in any way and just seemed to always sort of turn back almost like he was a bit nervous um, and probably should have done better as well at the at the back post to score um, so yeah I'll just give him a five unfortunately that is fair Corey Evans Michael six <laughs> there you go six is his back, back again sixes. yeah there's, there's always there's always there's never a podcast I can't go with the six <laughs> uh, yeah six just kept it simple enough um, I think tried to get an element of control, and I think I, I think as we grew in confidence, I think he sort of um, was able to um, what's the word I'm looking for? Hold the fort a little bit in midfield before the subs came on. Yeah, yeah, it's fair alongside him in a kind of midfield too with Elliot Embug and John. Um, again, I'd probably go <laughs> a five. Um, I wasn't again. I wasn't that impressed. Um, he did make one amazing block on the edge of the box, but. Yeah. He did a lot of other things that, that yeah, frustrated me um, and didn't really get a foothold in the game where you'd expect to, whereas we were given so much time uh, and space. So, yeah, I'll go over five. Yeah. Um, Patrick Roberts, Michael, obviously got the assist for the first goal. Um, I'd probably probably go with another six. I think there were times that his decision-making could have been a bit better, certainly in the first half. There was one occasion when he had the ball and was dribbling with it for about 15 seconds. Um, and could have had an option to pass on to it, but ultimately got the, got the um, all important first assist, which set us on our way. So yeah, I would say I wonder whether he was affected maybe by Clark not being on the pitch because for me those two seem to link up really well. Mm. Um, I know they're on opposite flanks, but they can interchange alongside each other. So um, I, I'll go with the six. I think I've seen better games from him, but he ultimately did get an assist and help and contributed. Yeah, um, Alex Pritchard, John obviously got the goal um, to set us on the way. Uh, it's quite a strange one. I'll probably go with uh, a seven. Um, sort of first, sort of fifty-five minutes. He wasn't, it wasn't great at all. Got a bit frustrated, and it probably summed his um, his uh, first fifty-five minutes when sort of went down the wing and tried to cross it in and just swung and just absolutely landed on his back. And you're thinking, oh my god, this is going to be one of those days. But to be fair, he got up, laughed it off, and um, played a hand in in the goal that ultimately he finished off right place, right time, freedom in the six yard box, and a and a fantastic finish. And then after that, I thought it was always a very, very, very good performance. So yeah, I'd probably bump him up to a seven. But the first fifty five years, yeah, bit of a frustrating one. Yeah. Um, Leon Diaku, Michael. Oh, everyone's favourite player. Um, yeah, I've got to go with the, probably a four. And, I, and I'm someone who I don't think, I think a lot of people over-exaggerate how bad they think he is. But even I must admit, he was he was a headless chicken in the first half. And I hate being harsh on the guy, but unfortunately, he just doesn't seem like he's got it at this level. So I think it was, I think I said it half, in the first half and at half time that Diakou had come off with Sims coming on. So I love, I don't, I have nothing against the lad, but it just didn't work for him. I think I think one of the worst decisions that Sunderland have made in the last kind of year or two is not giving him a loan. Um, I'd imagine I, w- I would be looking to loan him out in January, mind. Yeah. I'd be very, very surprised. I think he's a player that I think can become, you know, a decent player. You know, he's not going to go to the top of football and, and you know, oh, he's not, not going to no. go back to Bayern and start playing in the first team. But he's a player that at this level, I think, has the... 
kind of the awareness, the, you know, just like the football and kind of intelligence part of the game, but doesn't quite have the technical ability at the moment, which is probably the best way to put it. And I think yeah. the loan is exactly what he needs. I think yeah, I, 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 I need to get regular games for me. And I think if you're going to, I think weirdly enough, you could probably get someone who's a mid-table League One side or a side that wants a bit of technical flair in League One or even abroad again, that probably would want, would take him for six months. But I would certainly loan him out in January. I think for his sake, he needs to move. I think the, the worst decision is the obligation to buy when we were promoted. Obviously, th- those yeah. types of things that we shouldn't... That's the only reason we got him, wasn't it? Yeah, we shouldn't have him in there because you, you could tell Alex Neal did not fancy him one little bit and then you sign him in the summer and you're thinking, hang on a minute, and our budget's not going to be the biggest and we've spent probably a sizable chunk of the budget, whereas what we're buying, you know, what we're picking up sort of Abdullah Bar for, who could probably easily start every week, you know, and we're, we've spent probably as much, if not more, on signing Dayaka, who sometimes doesn't even get in the squad. But now, now we have got him on a long-term deal, then like you say, he's got to go out in January, I think, to maybe a, a sort of high-end League One club and, and see what he can do. I think it was closer to a million that we paid for Diaku. Um, yeah, exactly. That's, and that's a lot of money to us. Well, like you say, we're picking up Abdullah Bar, Jewison Bennett, and those types of players who who seem much more ready, almost. Which sounds, you know, strange to say, considering he's been here for you know best part of what eighteen months, nearly. Yeah. Uh, been, in, in in his defence, he's probably being used that position. You know, if he yeah. was given, you know, started on the wing for sort of six games, maybe we'd see a little bit different. But ultimately, he's not. He's not as good as Jack Clark. He's not. So it's not going to happen. Yeah. And last but not least, John Ahmad obviously got the <laughs> second goal. Um, yeah. yeah. I'll probably go with uh, a seven. I thought he was he was very good in parts. He just seems to be a very good, accomplished sort of central builder. Sort of dropping in, holding off the ball, turning, spinning. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's, you know, at the moment, he's, he's banging form. Yeah. And last, before, last but not least, before we head off for this one, Mike, I'll go with you first. Score predictions for Saturday, home to Cardiff. Yeah, I mean, they haven't got a manager at the minute, which is um, obviously quite interesting stuff. I think they sacked, um, I can't remember who it was that was there. Was it Steve Morrison, I think it was? Think so, or yeah. Sean Morrison. I always get them, I always get them confused. Uh, um, they sacked him, I think, in September, mid-September and haven't placed him. Um, I said before the game that I thought it would be a draw. Uh, so my head is saying one-one, but my heart is going to say one-nil on them because I think at home we've touched, I've touched this before. We need to start winning more games at home. Yeah, that's fair, John. Last but not least, yeah, same. I'll take a take a one-nil win. Any win will do, but I think it'll be it'll be tight because you know they're going to try and sit in for the point. Um, but I think with with sort of Clark having the week off, nice and refreshed at home, last home game before. International break. I think we can, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of people are going to go, and the atmosphere will be decent. I think we can uh, go ahead and win. Yeah, that is fair. But of course, that's on Saturday, so we'll have another game, another reaction out to that game on the Sunday before the last game of the season, last game of the break, I should say, um, which is of course Birmingham away next Saturday. But until next Sunday, we'll see you later. I'm a bit, a bit, a bit, that's all, folks. <laughs>